Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation with me, Nikki Cross. Now, before we dive in, I want to introduce my upcoming coaching program, Evolve. Doors are currently open. We begin on the 18th of April. There are eight spaces available that I absolutely anticipate will fill. I have absolutely no doubt that you want to make a positive impact on the world through the work that you do in your business. Evolve is here to help you do that in a way that feels good to you, creates success on your terms, and helps you cultivate conditioning within that supports your unique contribution moving forward. Head to www.tlb.org.uk forward slash evolve, where I've outlined all of the information I think you need to make an informed and grounded decision as to whether you'll be taking one of the eight spaces available. In Evolve, you'll be guided not only through workshops and non-time-consuming self-reflection, but one-to-one coaching too. And because of that, before I go, I want to mention that due to Evolve having that element of one-to-one coaching in it, this will absolutely impact my one-to-one availability over the next few months. So if you've been thinking about working with me in that capacity, please contact me, keeping that in mind. I'll head into the episode now, but if you have any questions or want to sign up, please take action before the 17th of April, 23, and hopefully I'll see you in one of the eight spaces available. Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross, and today I want to talk to you about having needs and requirements and having your needs be met, both inside of yourself and with yourself and by yourself, but also out loud with others in your personal relationships, in your professional relationships. Um, This episode has come from extensive client research, extensive audience research, because it's the work that I do. I help my clients own and claim and identify what it is that they need as the unique human that they are in order for them to feel like they're thriving. And by thriving, I don't mean that everything's rosy in the garden. I don't mean anything other than we all know that life and business is notoriously a roller coaster of a shit show and absolutely amazing both at the same time. Like <laughs> duality is a thing. Um and I don't mean for my clients to thrive when things are great. I'm and the outside circumstances allow it to be. So that's a whole other episode um, that I am going to record. I'm just touching on it here. This is about you thriving on the inside through the adversity, through the uncertainty. And so when I position it to you in, in that way, the majority of clients who come to me or all of the clients who come to me for the first time, they have not to this point they, it's sort of like they've been going with the motions, they have been not acknowledging their needs or requirements, um, and therefore they've not been expressing them with themselves and not expressing them with others. And there are reasons for that that I'm going to go into in this episode today, but I want to let you know that what I'm going to cover off with you in today's episode is going to be totally helpful um, and necessary and required for so many of you. So if this resonates with you, I really would love it if you'd send this on to everyone in your WhatsApp and everyone in your message contacts, because um, one of the things that came up as I was researching for this episode is how many women especially have all of the feelings and all of the thoughts that I'm going to talk about in today's episode, but they think they're on their own with it. 
And when I messaged my clients back and my friends back and my family back and was like, thank you so much for your import. Did you know that so many other women feel this way? They were like, really? I thought it was just me. So this is my invitation to you at the beginning of the episode and my request of you. If this resonates with you, I would love it if, you send, if you'd send this on. I would love it if this was my highest performing episode for the simple reason that I feel so strongly and so passionately about women in business owning what it what they need in order for them them to feel like they're thriving because in doing so they're doing a big fuck you to the conditioning that says no no it's needy to have needs no 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 you might be perceived as a diva no don't don't just keep the peace you know don't don't say too much don't need too much and just a nod by the way towards the coaching program that is open for um, you to sign up for at the moment until around the 16th, 17th of April. Evolve is going to be majorly touching on this, majorly touching on the conditioning that requires us to stay small, not be needy, not be demanding, not be an inconvenience to others, and put the perception of what we feel, what we fear other people will have of us over our own needs. And so, Invitation number two, before I get into this this episode is, if this resonates today, I really would like you to look at Evolve and really consider joining. There are eight spaces. I absolutely anticipate that they will fill. And um, there is elements of self-development work in Evolve paired with one-to-one coaching. So to be honest, this is for me um, a huge thing to say, but I think this is the best thing that I've put out there so far. And so if today's episode resonates, I think that you definitely should look at Evolve and see if that's something for you. So let's get into the episode. Let's talk about whether it's needy to have needs. So firstly, in the research that I did, one of the questions that I asked a couple of my clients was, who springs to mind when we talk about women in business who have requirements, who have needs? And I'm wondering if I pose that question to you, like what comes up for you when I say, you know, a successful businesswoman. Let's let's just start there. I remember at Christmas time watching, you know, one of those really shit films that's actually all right. And it was around, um, it was called A Christmas Carol, but not Carol spelt like the song, like the person Carol. And the woman, um, Carol, was like this business, really successful businesswoman. And anyway, I won't spoil the story, but basically she's successful at the cost of being a nice person, successful at the cost of treating people with respect, acknowledging her own needs, all of the things that you'd normally expect a successful woman in business as portrayed by the media to be. And I'd like you to think about that. How many examples have you had of a woman in business who is successful with, who prioritizes their own needs and their own requirements, who is also kind and considerate and compassionate to others. And one of the threads that came up time after time when I asked that question when I was doing a bit of research for this episode was Mariah Carey. Mariah Carey springs to mind of of a woman who's not afraid to own what she wants. And when we consider having needs, the first thing that normally comes up in client conversations is a fear and and to be honest, this isn't just the first thing that comes up. This is the thing that we have to learn to work through and to continue practicing working through because this is conditioning that, oh my God, is as you can already tell from this episode, not only built into us through our own life experiences, but upheld by society. You know, this Christmas Carol film, I think was only, 
created in like 2022 or whenever. So even still, there is a, a narrative out there that in order for a woman to express and get, and prioritize her own needs, particularly a businesswoman, she has to be of a certain ilk. And we don't want to be seen that way. We don't want to be seen needy. Um, we don't want to be seen like a diva or demanding. We don't want to be seen as a convenience to others. And that is the thing that we are battling against is a fear of how we will be perceived if we express our needs or are seen to even have needs. And that's the thing that prevents us from owning them even within ourselves. And I'm going to go into all of that in this episode today. But as this came up, I wanted to do a bit of digging into what my clients' worries are really about. When my clients say to me, I don't want to be perceived to be needy and I don't want to be perceived to be demanding or a diva. So what I did was I turned to the most trusted source, of course, in the whole wide world, (laughs) Google. And I just wanted to have a little nose about on the internet to see what does it mean to be needy and what does it mean to be a diva? Here is what Google says. Check this out. Some of the behaviours that could be labelled as needy are, and by the way, it was all around there was no mention of a man. It was all around being a woman. Um, Some of the behaviours that could be labelled as needy, a push for continuous conversation, texting, calling, emailing, um, persistently asking for reaffirmations of love and acceptance, seeking out compliments, wanting to, and sorry, compliments and validation, wanting to spend um, every moment together, difficulty making decisions alone, anger or sadness when another person spends time with other people, pessimism towards relationships or cycling pessimism and optimism, so oscillating between the two, sensitivity to criticism even when delivered gently, needs for reassurance not just in the relationship but in other areas of life Um, and the list goes on and on and on. Then what does being a diva mean? (laughs) It says today in red top tablet terms, if a woman is, again, no mention of a guy, if a woman is referred to as a diva, it usually means that she's difficult, temperamental and demanding. Now, I'm just going to pause there. I don't know about you, but I am difficult. (laughs) I am temperamental and I can be demanding, but I certainly don't want to be shamed for that because if being a human and being myself in this human body that I have in this life is going to be perceived as bad or wrong. If it's bad or wrong for me to be seen as difficult, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to do everything in my power to avoid inconveniencing anyone so that they don't see me as difficult. If it's bad or wrong to be temperamental, then of fucking course I'm going to be like, no, don't worry, you haven't upset me, everything's fine, and turn the anger upon myself and resent situations and feel like I'm a failure for not expressing my needs and emotions. Can you see some of the shit that fucks us up because we struggle to express our needs? And can you see the external narrative and conditioning? And that's just on Google. I want you to, at this point in the episode, I want you to consider... What, how have you been personally raised in terms of your needs? Go back to when you were a kid. I know for many of my clients, they were told things like, it's rude to put yourself first. It's selfish. Make sure that you're considerate of other people. Don't be too loud with what you want. Accept what you're given. Get what you get and you don't get upset. There are so many things that we are conditioned to believe is is good, in inverted commas, that as we grow up, we don't think even 
to reconsider that actually it might be time for me to own my relationship with having requirements and needs as opposed to accept the conditioning around me and then feel bad about that and and allow that to hold me back. So here's what I want to cover off with you in this episode. Four things, right? Firstly, why do we struggle to express our needs? That's number one. Number two, what does that look like? Number three, what are the impacts? Number four, how can we start to own and express our needs? So let's dive in. Why do we struggle to express our needs? The most common themes that come up in my clients, and it's in the main due to being concerned about how we're being, how we might be perceived by others. Here are some of the reasons that came up for my clients. Okay. Strap in because you might relate to these and they might bring up some stuff in you. So that's why this episode might not be easy to listen to, but I genuinely do think if you want to evolve into the truest expression of you, part of that really does start with accepting yourself and accepting that it's okay for you to want what you want, right? So here we go. First thing that comes up within my own clients when I talk about whether it's safe or not for them to want what they want is I don't want them to think that I'm struggling. I don't want them to think that I'm weak. I don't want to ask for help because I want to appear like I'm fine. I'm in control of things and I don't need any help. I can do it myself. So all of my client base are women in business. I used to, I used to have a few clients who were men in business, but I don't anymore. The majority of my client base is also females. And I don't know, like, I can't tell you why that is. But I will tell you that all of the things that I'm saying and the research I'm doing is coming from women in business, right? Where does it come from? I'm asking you this. I'm asking you, the listener of this podcast episode. If you relate to that, I don't want to ask for help. I want to be able to do it myself. I want to seem like I'm in control of things. I don't want to be perceived as weak or like I'm struggling. I want to seem like I'm fine then, that I don't need help. Where do you think that comes from within you? Because I know when I discuss this with my clients, it's not just cut and dry. So sometimes that particular one about the independence part of part of expressing our needs, I can do it myself, I don't need help. Sometimes it, it's actually different as per the relationship that they're talking about. So for example, some of my clients find it easy for them to ask for help from their partner, for example, but they don't find it easy to get help and enlist. So a, a great example of this is the majority of people who come and work with me say that they've wanted to do this for so long and they've put it off and put it off and put it off. And I'm like, okay, why? And they're like, because I don't feel like I should need that help. I feel like I should be able to do this on my own. And it's like, what I need, what I want you in this episode to acknowledge is normally in the relationships where there is close to unconditional love and acceptance, then normally the relationships where you feel it's easier to express your needs, your wants, your requirements, you feel safest to do that. And part of the, if that applies to you, so think of the relationships that you find it easy to say, this is what I need, this is what I want. And think about how the other person helps you to make it safe for you to do that. And there is vulnerability in owning what you want and how in those relationships you find actually it's easier for me to do that. Whereas when you turn to another kind of relationship, like for, for instance, with business, how it might be more difficult for you to do that. So for example, I remember when I used to, when I was in employment, 
and it was a competitive environment and um you didn't want to show that you had needs or weaknesses or requirements for support. You wanted to make it appear like you could do it on your own. And I know for me, when I started my own business, I carried some of that conditioning into my business. And if you look at Evolve, the sales page of Evolve, tlb.org.uk forward slash Evolve, you will notice that this is some of the conditioning that we're going to be working through. And it's really important because if what would business be like for you if you were able to say, actually, no, I want support with that. I'm willing to pay for it. I'm willing to outsource my... So I know for me, for example, one of the things that I'm doing at the moment is outsourcing my content repurposing so that all of the long form content that I produce, um, it's really, really easy for someone else to chunk that down and make it into quotes for Instagram or make it into shorter videos and et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, I need that support because A, I don't have time really to dedicate to that kind of activity, but B, my time's not, my time's valuable. If I, if I think, and that's not me being big headed, that's me going in the work that I do and the clients that I serve, they literally are telling me that I'm change, I'm helping them to change their lives, not because their lives are changing, but because their relationship with themselves is changing. So what am I going to do? What are you going to do, Nick? Are you going to sit there and not require help and not pay for support because you should be able to do it all yourself and therefore neglect the amount of time and energy that you can spend helping people to literally change their lives through their inner work? Or are you just going to keep doing it all yourself? and pretending like you need to be seen to be in control and doing it all. Where are you wearing the badge of, I can do it all? And where does that badge of honour come from? And are you prepared to let it go in order to get the support that you need in business? That. Secondly, so we're still on why do we struggle to express our needs? Secondly, in addition to that, I found that my clients have felt like it might impact them in business if they ask for support or enlist support, like it'll set them back in some way. Now, one of the big things that I work on with my clients is that they, the majority of them constantly feel like they're behind, like there's some sort of race or timeline that they should be meeting and that they should be working within. And that shit, if, if I'm, like if I take time out or if I get, you know, if I invest in support in this and it requires me to teach someone else how to do this aspect of my business, that's going to cost me time and that's going to make me behind. And part of the work that I do with my own clients is show that, by the way, fucking that is massively impactful on their own development work because they feel that I haven't got the time to do that type of work because it's taken me away from this race that I'm meant to be running, right? Part of the work that I do with my own clients is help them to see that the timeline that they are on is safe. The timeline that they are operating within doesn't have to look like the next person's. There's not this imaginary invisible race that they are working with. And time is actually, it belongs to them. As opposed to them being time's bitch, time belongs to them. They can do things at their pace. It's safe for them to take their time, ask for support, invest in that support, enlist in that support. And it's not going to take, it's not going to set them back in any way. And again, where does, how has that, I want you to really deeply consider in this episode, where does that come from within you? Like, it's not safe for you to slow down a little bit. It's not safe for you to acknowledge and get help acknowledge your wants and desires and needs and get help to make those happen because of this time thing. 
The next thing that I want to cover off with you is why do we struggle to express our needs is in environment and culture. For example, one client had to work really, really hard to develop boundaries in a culture that is entrenched in do not take breaks, answer emails at night, work your ass off, run yourself into the ground kind of shit. And what happened with her is she developed the ability to uphold through through the through the work that she's done, she has developed the ability to uphold boundaries both through her actions and back them up by her words. See, the thing is, when we talk about expressing what we want and expressing what we need, I reckon that the first thing that springs to mind for you is like, okay, so I want and I need um, this kind of pay. But actually, it's much, much more simple and micro and granular than that when we're really real about it. So for the majority of my clients, when I talk about what drains their energy, they're like, oh God, like trying to keep up with emails, trying to, and it's like, it goes so much deeper than just an inbox or a to-do list because actually it's the energy behind that. If I'm not there straight away, if I'm not available 24 hours, then in some way, shape or form, I'm failing. I'm wrong. I'm not being doing enough. And so it's going to take by the way, that's not all of your fault. By the way, if, if that's how you feel, I want you to know that that's not just you and mind fuckery happening with you. That also is a huge part to pay, play with conditioning. Um, For example, the client that I'm talking about here, they'd worked in an industry where that was normal. It's normal to not take breaks. It's frowned upon if you don't answer your emails when I email you. It's frowned upon if you're not running yourself into the ground. And by the way, it's praised when you are walking around going, oh yeah, yeah, I'm really, really busy. It's praised. It's seen as a positive thing. And so we've got to take a step back and go, but is this what I want? Do I want to be running my ass off? Do I want to be answering people's emails and there at people's beck and call? Does that feel good to me? And, and more importantly, do I feel like that's what it takes for me to be successful in business? Because I can tell you when I started to decondition from all of this bullshit myself in my business. A, it was hard, um, really hard. Not necessarily because others expected that of me, but because I was worried, I was worried about the perception of others. And that's why I said before, that work that my client did was through her actions, then backed up by her words. Because the thing is, what we seem to believe is work around boundaries is all about communication. And that I don't, I don't go with that. I think communication is really important in terms of boundaries, but I think the thing that's even more so important is preparing your inner world to uphold an action and for you to create safety within yourself. So for example, if every single person around you is used to you jump in when they say jump, is used to you sending them an email back when, um, they email you at 10 o'clock at night, then it's going to take a lot of work. What I see with my own clients is it taking a lot of persistent practice, not a lot of work, like it's, it's takes a lot of time and energy, but just persistent practice to create the um, capacity within themselves to hold the emotions that come up when they take the action of seeing that the email is there and not responding to it. Because it's not the act that is the issue. It's the emotions and the thoughts as a result of the act. So if I don't email back, they'll think that I don't care. They'll think that I'm not working hard enough. They'll think this, 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 this. Then we feel the shame. Then we feel the guilt. Then we feel like 
you know, and, and then we feel things like scarcity. You know, what if they think my customer service is bad and they go somewhere else? That's what comes up for my clients. So it's actually the communication aspect of upholding boundaries is secondary. The most important thing is that you can hold yourself through it. And then the last thing, why do we struggle to express our needs is, a, like I'm saying, a lack of safety in the relationship, either with the other person or with yourself. This is so important. If it's if you've carried this conditioning for so long that you are only accepted and good and worthy and loved and all of the things, if you are putting your needs secondary to that of others and business and people in business, then you're going to have formed habits that says, actually, it's not safe for you to express your needs. It's not safe for you to prioritize them. It's not safe for you to want what you want. And the first person that we need to cultivate the safety in the relationship with to do that is ourselves. But the second is with others. And truth be told, I have supported clients through acknowledging their own, like wanting what they want and situations where other people have been really disappointed that they want what they want. So for example, one of my clients changed and shifted the whole way that her business works and the the work that she in particular engages in and the work that she will hand off to her team. And when she was expressing that with her clients, one of her clients was like, I'm really disappointed. I'm really disappointed that you're making these changes. And so what I'm hoping that you're hearing in me explaining this is actually it's the disappointment of others that we need to cultivate the relationship with ourselves to be able to hold that and safety with ourselves to be able to hold it when other people are disappointed in us because we've chosen what we've chosen. We want what we want, you know? And I'm asking you before I move into what does it look like when we struggle to express our needs because this is this might really hit home. I want you to tap into that part of you that does people please and that does struggle to say to other people, but I don't want to do that anymore because I don't want to do it. Or I want to have things this way, not that way. And I know that that might be unsuitable for you or inconvenient for you. What's that part of yourself that really struggles with that? And let's move into that. What does it look like when we find it difficult to express our needs? Firstly, for my clients, it looks like they're making what they want wrong. I'm going to say that again. It looks like the first thing that I see that them them doing is making what they want wrong. Because they're worried about the perception that other people, the judgment and um, disappointment from other people, if they own what they want, because of that fear, they make what they want wrong. And it comes out in lots of different ways it might say, they might say things like, but isn't it a bit weird to want things like that? It's not normal, is it? It's not normal. Like it's not normal for me to want to work, um, two days a week. It's not normal. That's a really dramatic example, actually. Sometimes it's, it's not normal for me to not want to be on Instagram, is it? Like businesses like mine on social media in these ways, it's not normal. And they make their wants wrong. It's not normal for me to need to take Uh, walk around the block in the middle of the day, is it? Like whatever that looks like for you, whatever your needs are, whatever your wants are that you're not owning are your wants. You, it's likely that you'll make yourself wrong for wanting them. And 
when we do that, that pushes our our very unique requirements for us to thrive in life and in business. It pushes them so far away from us and the distrust that it starts to create between us and us is huge. So I'll give you an example. For me, when I started my business, I listened too much, I think, to the people around me that I put on a pedestal. And those people are people that I deeply, deeply admire and respect, but they're not me. And they run their, they, they run their business. And I was just about to say they run their business in a way that's suitable for them. Do you know what? I've since found many of them don't run their businesses in a way that's suitable for them. Many of them are running their businesses how they think it should be run as per society's standards, as per their own conditioning. So even the advice from others was tainted with their conditioning. So when I accepted that, I made myself wrong for wanting what I wanted. So as an example with me, I like to, I've realised, and this is going to sound really weird, I like to have fluctuating revenue months. I like to, because what that means for me, it's, I feel like I buy my own creativity. What I mean by that is, there are times in my business where I'm out there, I'm serving, I'm um, producing content, I'm producing, but there are also times when I want to go away and go in my little office cave and create on my own. I don't want to be out there. I don't want to be doing all of the things. I just want to be in my little cave creating what I create without the influences of the outside world. And in order to do that, I have to buy my own time. So what I do is I structure my business in ways where when that time comes for me to go away and hermit in my own little cave, I know that financially I'm supported by my business. So there isn't that pressure on me to keep, 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 keep producing, produce, because the conditioning within me, by the way, from very hardworking parents who come from a very different generation, literally exchange time for money was, the only way that you're going to be financially stable is if you keep producing, keep working, keep, keep going. And so it's, it's, it's taken a long time for me to learn that that's not true for me. It doesn't have to be true for me. I can structure my business in a way where I buy my own time to be creative, to not be full on go service mode. Um, that is where Revolve has been born from. I would say late January, all of February, I was in creation mode. I was in birthing. It's a little bit like when I got to nine months and I was like, right, I'm ready to birth this now, but I'm going to need time away to do so. I don't, I didn't have my son and go back to work the next day. You know, like I remember if I think back, I think that I was off for a week before or maybe 10 days before my due date. And it's like, it's a little bit like that. So, so sorry, going back to the, (laughs) going back to the point is I buy my own time. Now that's not normal. What's normal is for you to have consistent revenue months. And in order to do that, it's normal for you to have a consistent amount of work. I don't like doing my business like that, but I made myself wrong for that for so long because other people were telling me that's not the way to do it. Do you see? And I'm asking you when it comes to what does it look like to find it difficult to express your needs, where are you making your what you want wrong? Where are you making what you want weird? Because it's probably not. It's probably if you own it within yourself and go, yeah, I want what I want. I'm not saying that you're just going to snap your fingers and get it because A, 
probably a lot of unlearning for you to do in order to get it. And B, it takes time to literally practically and tangibly structure business in order to support you and the way you want things to go. But it's going to take a lot of unlearning and a lot of unlistening to maybe even people that you respect, like me. No, no, sorry. I don't mean like me, like you're listening to me because you respect me. I mean, like it took for me, it took for me to not listen to mentors and other people in my industry going, oh yeah, well I do it this way because it, I respected them. And I thought that because they were successful, that's the way I should do it too. So it comes up looking like that, right? The other way that it comes up when we don't own what we really want is we just don't express it. We don't express it with other people, but we don't express it within ourselves. And so all of my work, all of it from the Thrive First Method to my one-to-one work and everything in between evolve, everything in between, all of it is about helping you to come back to yourself, helping you to acknowledge, helping you to see that this is no longer about you conforming to conditioning that you've previously been playing by you getting stuck in spiraling thought loops has kept you in a place where you're just doing business the way that you feel like it should be done. But what I want for you is to understand yourself better so that you can support yourself better. I want you to be paying less time, energy, and attention to the things that drain, literally drain your energetic life force and be more true to yourself, therefore being bolder in business. Not like the woman from A Christmas Carol, not like her. It doesn't have to look like that. You don't have to be a bitch to uphold boundaries within yourself and with others. It doesn't have to, it's not one or the other. There is duality that is able to exist. And by the way, when you own what you want out loud with yourself and with others, you also pave the way for others to do so. So one of the things that I have learned through my own evolution in this in this sense is when I've gone, yeah, but is that's okay for me to want, right? It's okay. I make it okay for me to want that. It's then helped my clients see that, oh my God, I can see that Nick's saying it's okay for her. She's making it safe for her to want what she wants. That That is true for me too. So when you do this work, when you do things your way, at your pace, making the unique contribution that only you can make, when you make it safer for you to have needs and take up space and actively advocate for yourself, how your outer world in life and in business is impacted by that is quite significant. And what I'm not promising through my work is like a tried and tested five-step process. What I'm not promising is that you, it's like, it's, it's not from one place to another. So if you're like, yeah, I am fed up of being in the box of my conditioning. I am fed up doing things this way. I am fed. You're not then going from that set of conditioning to another set of conditioning. So what I mean is if you are going to come and do this work with me, please don't expect for me to go, okay, cool. So that's the way that old patriarchal conditioning has told you it should be. I'm going to tell you all the ways it should be for you. Absolutely fucking not. You know you. And my job is to help you connect to yourself and build the capacity within yourself so that it is safe for you to start owning what you want. That, that's the work that we do together. Because the impact of you not owning what you want mean that you've built this business and you built it because you thought that a, it was your unique contribution to the world. And that that is something that when you don't own what you want, you start putting things out there to the world because you feel like you should. You feel like that's the right thing to do. And so it affects every aspect of your business, both how you exist within it 
and how you operate within your business, but also what it is that you create. Because as I have started to own what I want, I've started to create things in ways that only, that they really fucking works for me. It really works for me. It's like, rather than go, oh, well, how's it done? And let me research how other people do it. It's like, no, how do I see this as the truest expression of my work and being as of the highest service to my clients? And that is very freeing. And so don't expect for me to give you a new set of rules. There is none of that. And it's also not a promise, by the way, I know I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, that the biggest reason why we don't own what we want is because we're worried about how other people will perceive us. So going back to, will they will they think I'm needy? Will they think that I'm demanding? Will they think I'm a diva? I don't want to be any of those things because if I'm those things, that I, w- I won't be loved and I will be rejected and then I'll be on my own. And in a business sense, I will lose all of my customers or whatever, right? There is no promise in any of this that that fear of per- how you're going to be perceived will vanish what there is a promise of is that you will build the tools within yourself so that you're not a driven by it driven by that fear driven by the fear of their perception and b completely consumed by it it won't go away but you can be less consumed by it and driven by it and when you are less consumed by it and driven by it when you are able to step into what it is that you really want how you really want to be doing business that is when you start feeling how you wanted to feel when you first set it up. Which for my clients is, I want to feel calm. I want to feel at peace with my business. I want to feel like myself in my own business. Not like I'm conforming to being someone else. And lastly, how can we start to express and own our own needs? I want to give you, before I wrap up this episode, I want to give you a couple of really practical considerations for you wanting what you want in business. Firstly, I want you to consider the benefits versus versus the cost of not want, owning wanting what you want. So think about it. When you don't own what you want, how does that make you feel? Does it make you feel resentful? Does it have the implication of you literally not getting what you want and therefore you feel like, well, I'm doing all of this work, but for what? I'm just existing. Um, yeah, fine. I might be successful in my business, but I'm not successful inside because my needs are all the way down there at the, at the base of the mountain. And I'm all the way up here serving everyone else. I want you to consider what is it costing you versus what are the benefits of you not owning your needs, not owning what you want. And if you want to, if you literally want to do that as a journaling exercise, I encourage you to, what is it costing you to not want what you want? And what are the benefits of you holding back? So the benefits will be like, well, I don't upset anyone. Well, I, you know, I get to stay with my head below the parapet. I get to um, be nice and safe in inverted commas because I'm, you know, but the, the costs of it are that I'm not putting out my truest expression of my work because I, I don't want to be seen as a diva or the costs of it is I'm a doer of everything because I don't want to be seen as needy or demanding. The costs of me keeping the peace at all costs means that I'm not peaceful within myself. The costs of me owning the amount of rest and time away from my business that I want 
not necessarily go and listen to obligation free time episode 91 not necessarily to not do work but just to do work that feels great for me and creative for me the costs of me not owning that what are they for you what are the costs of you not upholding your boundaries even within yourself what are the costs of you having to continually produce nice and new and better and shiny because otherwise they're going to get bored of me and if what are the costs of that for you what are the benefits of it I want you to be with yourself in your own honesty and really consider when you deny what you want from yourself, what are the costs and benefits of that and does one outweigh the other? Because that is your signal. If this is resonating, that is your signal that this is your work to do. And secondly, I want you to think about little ways that you might start owning what you want that feels safe to you. So I mentioned earlier in the episode, there are going to be some relationships that you have in life or in business where you feel safer to own what you want. And I want you to start doing that more verbally, I think is the right way to say it. So I'll give you an example. When we eat our dinner together as a family, we always as much as we possibly can, we always come together to eat our evening meal. That's just one of the things that we've always done, especially with a teenage boy who wants to lock himself away in his bedroom for eternity. It's proven to be something that I'm really glad that we <laughs> we stuck to. And when we have our evening meal, when, when I eat any food, I do not like to eat my food with cold drinks. I just don't like it. I don't feel like it helps me to digest properly. I like to have my evening meal with, I know this sounds, you know, he, here's me doing it in real time and making myself weird and wrong for wanting what I want. I was just about to say, I would prefer to drink boiled water, cooled down boiled water than a cold drink with my meal. And because that's not normal, you can hear in real time, I'm about to say, yeah, no, it's weird. No, it's not fucking weird. That's just what you want. Own what you want. This is me doing the work out loud. <laughs> anyway, so one of the ways that I express what I want is by saying to my son and my husband, if it's you that's serving dinner, would you mind making me a hot drink with my dinner as opposed to laying the table and making a cold drink for me? Now, sometimes they forget and sometimes that's a practice for me to say, because it's really easy for me to jump in and just make my own hot drink or deny myself of any drink during dinner. But that is a really, really safe place for me to go. Can I have a hot drink, please? They, they're not going to abandon me. They're not going to judge me. They might laugh at me, <laughs> but, <laughs> but in a safe way, you know? And I'm asking you to do the same. Where can you start in small ways? That's just a drink, right? Where can you start in small ways in life, in business with the safest relationships and then venture out into ones where you might be judged and criticized a little bit more? but do it small, start small, start chunked down. Where can you start to own what you want in life and in business and express your needs? Honestly, the work behind this is extensive. It's deeply rooted. And so some of the tips that I've given you feel like insignificant little hacks in comparison to the real work that we're going to be doing together one-to-one -one or in Evolve. If today's episode has resonated with you, if you are someone who has noticed through this episode that you do struggle to own what you want, you do worry if you're going to be perceived as needy or a diva or demanding or an inconvenience to others. That's something I think for a whole other episode of, you no, know, do you know what? I just allow other people to 
get what they want because I don't want to inconvenience them. That's a huge one that I could literally spend another 20 minutes talking about. But if you feel called to do this work, I invite you in to evolve. I invite you in to start getting in touch with and acknowledging and owning what it is that you want for you in life and in business and start slowly being able to carve out and see and actualize what you want in business coming into into real life, coming into fruition. And if you're not going to be joining us in Evolve, if you're not going to be joining this me and doing this work one-to-one, then I hope that this episode has served you somewhat. It doesn't even scratch the sides. Touch the sides, scratch the sides, scratch the surface, touch the sides. It doesn't touch the sides. Like some of what I've talked about in today's episode is just giving you the top lines of some of the work that we're going to be really deeply going into together. So I hope it served you, but I also encourage you to come and do this work alongside me. As always, I finish this episode feeling like I've got so much more to say on this particular topic. So I might go into some of the areas in a little bit more detail, but I just hope that it opens up the conversation within yourself. I hope that it started getting you to think, where am I abandoning myself? You know, where am I abandoning myself? And I'm not owning what I want in order to be palatable to others, in order to be nice and good and pleasant for other people, but actually it's causing me some inner turmoil and that's actually not okay. Leaving you on that note, please, please, as always, go and get all of the links that you need in the show notes. Share, share, share this episode. Thank you so much for being here. Please never forget, I am always cheering you on and I really do hope that you are cheering you on too.